0: As soon as you start to, you know, become more experienced in applying them, you can, you can improvise, you can deviate, you can play with them.
1: You can spice it up a bit.
0: Yeah, you can spice it up a bit.
1: Hi, everyone. It's Peter here. This is the first of several podcasts we're having with design practitioners. And in this podcast, I talked to Wouter van der Hoog, who set up the Rotterdam-based design practice Hoog and Deep, High and Deep, for the non-Dutch speakers in 2006. The aim of these practitioner podcasts is to get more of a professional view of how working practices and design theory and methodology are related. Many of the questions I ask of Walter and in the subsequent podcasts are related directly to assignment two to help you complete the assignment. In the interview, Walter touches on many aspects of designing. As an IDE alumnus, he starts by reflecting on his education and notes his thirst for learning as many subjects as he could. He explains in detail what working with clients involves. There's often education required, and clients aren't necessarily always after design outcomes, he says. As he has acquired more experience, Walter has learned to trust his intuition, something that both Matthijs van Dijk in the Design Expertise podcast and the associated paper Expertise in Real World Contexts note. He explains how design methods and theories provide a structure and discipline that he can then use to improvise with, working in a more opportunistic way. A key element of Walser's design practice is working effectively with others. He explains how the process of alignment is important, communicating with all stakeholders. He describes how you always need a person as a sounding board to test your ideas and also to reflect on your own learning. And he explains how you can bring new employees into a design business. Perhaps surprisingly, he describes a large part of the design process as being about managing the design process, something that might not be so obvious to people who use methods where the element of management is slightly lessened. It's a fascinating conversation with a lot of insight from an experienced practitioner, but also an educator and thinker about the activity of design. So I hope you enjoy it. I'm very pleased today to be joined by Walter van der Hoog, who is in a unique position of having studied ID at TU Delft, and after graduating together with a colleague of his, Walter set up an interactive design practice called Hoog and Deep. And he's now back at IDE as a part time teacher, and he's also a coach on DTM, so maybe familiar to some of you. So, Walter has a number of different roles, but what I wanted to do is to focus on your role as a professional practitioner with Holkendeep and your experience in working as a designer. I had a look at your website, and that describes your practice as being about modern inventors of smart products. So I wondered if you could tell us about your practice in terms of its size, its development, where you're based, the type of clients you get, and maybe the type of projects that you typically have.
0: Well, first of all, thanks for inviting me and having me.
1: You're very welcome.
0: So we started in 2009, and it was actually my my business associate who... Uh, came up with the brilliant idea to start a studio together and before that we 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 actually worked together we studied together uh, uh, and back then we were uh, sort of yeah good mates uh, good friends um, still are thank god <laughs> and so we basically had a sort of a, a a a a very nice beginning a very nice start in the sense that we had a few first projects that already allowed us to hire people. So I think that even within one year we had two people uh, extra in, in our studio and that grew to about nine people somewhere 2015, 16. And we've been quite stable with a, with a sort of a core team of about four or five uh, in the years after that. And at the moment we're quite small again, uh, just him and me uh, doing most of our work together. Um, you know, from the start, we've been sort of searching for what how do we present ourselves what do we do you read on our website inventors of what's it called what smart product? at the moment we say that we are sort of inventors of smart and well-behaved products or well-behaving products sort of yeah smart connected product systems
1: and a lot in the area of uh, mobility too
0: yeah among other things um yeah, absolutely. We've worked in mobility, not necessarily, or well, uh, at the moment, primarily. <laughs> uh, but before that, we did we did a variety of things. We worked for sort of health uh, within the health domain. We worked in the perhaps a bit sort of installation design. We've worked for fast-moving consumer goods. What we usually tell our clients is that we kind of help them come up with Interesting concepts, interesting new ideas with a real sort of user-centered design focus, you know, helping them out from the very first sort of scoping user research, getting insights, building an understanding for who your, who your product is meant for, to concept development, to first prototypes. We've actually helped clients also uh, through implementation of, of, of products or systems that's more software related. Uh, and as soon as it goes into manufacturing we kind of step out that's it um so so especially in those first sort of first stages of the design project uh, of the design process that's where we think we are of value
1: and is is there a kind of linking thread between your projects i noticed that they're they're very interactive usually there there's usually a kind of element of learning showing surprising information being being given
0: yeah. So what, what what we always tried. So so uh, uh, both me and my my, my business partner. We uh, so we studied from nineteen ninety five till two thousand five. Back in the days where you could sort of spend more time on actually finishing getting your degree. And I think that that time was actually quite interesting because nineteen ninety five. There were you know I I remember entering the university and having for the first time sort of an email address that was sort of new back in nineteen ninety five. And when I left in 2005, you know, we were on the verge of having the first iPhone. Um, you know, that, that was 2007. So, you know, the development in that time, but also how it affected our field and our thinking and, and the kind of projects you did as a student, it sort of involved more and more interactive technology. So that's also something that we tell our clients or sort of look for projects in that way, that, that our ideal project is a project that touches upon both the physical as well as the digital. And then you start to think about, okay, so what's, and, and that's part of our learning process, I think, in the, in the uh, you know, in the first years after we graduated, starting, of course, during our university years as well, but also, you know, the first years in our studio, we were sort of looking for, okay, what is a relevant interaction to start with, you know, and, and that's where we try to frame it for ourselves in by coining it as, as as smart, well-behaving. So as soon as we start to think about how does interactivity work, it sh- you know, systems should give you at the right moment, at the right time, the, the information you needed at, at that at that moment. And at the same time, you can you can have a lot of stuff running in the background or make use of a lot of stuff that's running in the background that you can kind of utilize or use in, in the actual interface between, between the user and the product and the system.
1: So you talked about your education from 1995 to 2005. Yeah. I wonder if you could maybe talk a bit more about that in terms of your experience of... Your education. What what was kind of memorable? What were your thoughts as you went through that? Because you spent you spent a long time. Ten yeah. years is a long time to study industrial design engineering.
0: Yeah, yeah. So the first four years are uh, neglectable. Don't have any strong <laughs> memories about those four, first four years. It took me some years to sort of learn what you are becoming when you're studying industrial design engineering. What's expected of you as a sort of industrial design engineer ed- educated at, uh, at 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 the Delft University. What I can remember is that, I don't know, somewhere halfway, my third or my fourth year, I was suddenly realizing, this is actually quite interesting. Qu- sort of quite interesting stuff that you, are, that you are being taught. I mean, I was also in a, in, a, in, a, in a version of the curriculum where you were being taught quite some descriptive and sort of explicit knowledge on different manufacturing technologies, material science, some math. And at the same time, you had to apply it in your different design courses. And I enjoyed it actually that much that back then you had sort of two masters. They were not called masters yet, but specializations. So you had sort of product design and innovation management. Um, and I basically did both. And and next to that, I actually also did all the all the philosophy courses. And that interest was more sparked by. Having a lot of fellow students who started to focus on sustainable design that sort of came about. And when you were sort of having a beer together and ask, hey, why are you focusing so on sustainability and sustainable design? And they were saying, yeah, because it's good. And, you know, you, you were in that young 20 age where you start to ponder or wonder, okay, but what does good mean? And, yeah, suddenly you you, you open the philosophy books. And uh, suddenly, you know, two years later, you realize, oh, wow, <laughs> it's actually... Quite an interesting topic. So all those things combined sort of formed me, I think, in how I look at design, or sort of sparked how I approach my work. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, that's interesting. So a, a follow up question then is, um, once you'd graduated and you started working in practice, and I, I guess if you look back over your period as a professional practitioner, what did you? What have you learned in practice that you didn't learn? in education? What weren't you prepared for and and what new kinds of knowledge have you acquired in your professional practice?
0: Good question. Um, Apart from the fact that you're learning how to deal with clients, how to work in professional projects, sort of dealing with real deadlines and real constraints, budget constraints and... You know, those are sort of maybe the formal parts of, of, of design, but also learning how to deal with the often incompetence that you run up against, that you're trying to fight because you know you you
1: the on- incompetence of clients. Yeah, you mean? Yeah,
0: and that sounds a bit. Bad, The way I put it, I just realized, but, but I mean, you, you are, you are hired to, to produce some change, to, to achieve some change in the organization, to, to come up with new things, which is gonna have some resistance one way or the other. So you have to get people on board, you have to, you know, you have to take people along with you in sort of that, Mm -hmm. that new mindset, that new thinking. We've, we've been involved in, 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 a lot of projects where they just also wanted to learn more about certain research approaches, certain design techniques. Mm-hmm. We were, for some reason, people always thought, yeah, you, you guys are very good at design thinking. So we, we want that sort of that kind of approach, that kind of a methodology also within our organization, which basically gives us a whole sec- secondary agenda to a project where you actually have to take a team, mm-hmm. uh, you know, by the hand in this in this approach, in this thinking.
1: So there's a lot of a lot of uh, communication about yeah. designing and what designing is, and sort yeah. of like getting people on board, I think. Yeah, yeah,
0: a lot. Um, but at the same time, we also had a lot of project where we simply had to produce, had to just have to create stuff, had to come up with solutions, had to come up with, you know, sort of hardcore deliverables that also have to sort of be done in a certain time frame with a certain budget. And then there's, you know, client expectation management uh, I think I heard somebody say the other day, you know, it's it's, uh, it's the most boring part about working as a designer, but it's probably also the most important part of, of working as a designer, right? I mean, dealing with your clients. So that's something I definitely learned. Mm-hmm. More importantly, I think that over time, I've learned to really trust my instincts, really trust my intuition, really find confidence in Sort of the way that I work, the way that I think, the way that I that I that I approach problem solving, which is distinctively different than usually the people that you meet in in the context of the client. And that again, I say quite harshly, because often you also meet a lot of like-minded people in the company's organization, the client's organization that you that you that you have a good connection with. A lot of the learning process has been finding confidence and. Sort of assurance in what you've what you've been taught,
1: and your your education didn't give you that confidence, or, or or it got you to a a certain level of confidence, maybe.
0: It's not that your education doesn't give you confidence, but it brings you to a certain level. Um, so I I started teaching again since two thousand thirteen, and even after starting teaching again, it took me a couple of years to suddenly realize how. Or, or, or what's my, what exactly the difference is between me, you know, being 10 years further, 15 years further versus a, a master's student, let's say, or a bachelor's student. Partly it's about how do you sort of apply the methodologies that you're that you're being taught, that that you've learned. You know, as a student, it's the first time that you apply them and you're sort of still struggling. Am I applying them in the correct way? Am I doing it right? And that's basically maybe sort of the discovery process for me personally. At some point, you start to realize it's not really about whether you're applying a method in in a proper way because you can, you know, at any moment, you can kind of deviate from the recipe. You can kind of, you know, this metaphor of designing as cooking, which is kind of a very boring metaphor, but... It does make sense in the sense that you know, as soon as you start to master the approach, the methodology, and with methodology I mean the the wider range of of methods that you're being taught, as soon as you start to um, you know become more experienced in applying them, you can you can improvise, you can deviate, you can play with. You can them.
1: spice it up a bit.
0: Yeah, you can spice it up a bit. You can uh, perhaps also explain it better, explain it to yourself better what you're doing, explain it together with with the with the design team you're working with. Uh, Explaining to your client better what you're doing, and through that sort of inspiring people, motivating people, getting people aligning people, alignment is again another you know thing that's quite important.
1: What I'm hearing is that um, there's a lot of kind of dealing with people in a, in, a, in an effective way uh, to c- communicate what you want to kind of manage what you want, uh, and that's maybe different from education where you're 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 more passive, I guess yeah
0: in a way you in a way you are and also the sort of the social context in the university is different than in real life i mean the team sizes are different mm-hmm. uh yeah the, the the complexity of the social context is different i mean you know when you're working for a client you're being hired by one person but that person has a boss that boss has another boss i mean that that's an entire you know layer after layer after sort of social complexity working for clients that is completely different than at the university because then you're basically designing for your coach, more or less. So I've, I've also been involved with courses where there are actually real clients coming uh, where they have to, where students have to present to or experts coming from the outside to give their opinion. And that instantly makes courses more interesting because you, you at least sort of recreate that social context a bit. I mean, I'm now talking about Parts of the design process which are relevant and important, but are more to do with managing a design process in a in a complex environment, then you have sort of the real design thinking. So when do you make what type of decision? Uh, that inherently is also a team project because one of the things that you learn when real when 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 working in practice is you 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 never design alone and you never want to design alone. You always want sort of this sparring partner, even if it's just a duo, even when you're a team of two. But ideally you have three, four people sitting in meetings, sparking off ideas, decisions, you know trying to argument why this direction is more interesting than that direction, trying to find evidence why you know when you are confronted with making a decision. but even in the stages before that when you start to explore potential solutions, solution directions, it's m- always more fun to do it. With other people uh, you know building on top of each other,
1: you talked a, a bit about confidence earlier and and, and getting confidence um, how does how, how does a new designer start in your practice how would that that process go in terms of their development what it, that really
0: depends of course on the experience level that you that somebody has when you bring them in uh, so we experienced you know both having 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 sort of n- new Young designers coming in with 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 hardly any experience versus people who had already five six seven years of experience so especially for the for the younger ones you know it's i mean you go through this process of you know having a a vacancy getting getting yeah getting letters um having having first talks and then what we actually did a couple of times that worked quite well was to if we have somebody sort of selected that before making actual the final decision we would ask them if they were if they would be willing to sort of join us in a project or, or or working on just something that we that we came up with for about 2 days it's a sort of a small design exercise so we could kind of see and taste how they would work how they would approach problem solving how they would explore uh, you know possibilities uh, uh, different ideas in that space that we gave them or or uh, you know if 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 we at the at, at that time had a project where we could actually that was that was that was suitable enough for this for this sort of process mm-hmm. and that worked actually quite well because uh, we were in situations where we had people working for us for two days so we could sort of observe see uh, discuss with them how they would work before hiring them and then deciding well we're not continuing with you. And the other way around, you know that after two days we were sort of very enthusiastic, and then you already have a very good idea of how that person works. And then it's more process of up- absolving that person within your team, within your flow, within your process, and that means that sometimes you put them a bit in situations that are difficult and complex for them. So you're trying, you're sort of stimulating, you know, you're trying to, how do you say that, challenge them a bit. Yeah, or or they, or they or they just be part of a team, and you would bounce ideas off each other. Um, I mean, in the entire process of hiring somebody, there th- th- that's usually where you would start talking about this is the way we work. This is our portfolio. These are sort of I- our ideal clients. You would also start to explain to them, you know, this is how we present ourselves to the outside world. This is in how in, how in reality sometimes projects go and the type of work that we sometimes. Do or have to do simply to make ends meet, and then while working with them, yeah, we 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 had uh, sort of on a regular base, try to sort of have reflection talks with them, sort of talking with our staff how they, in our view, are 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 working, are
1: collaborating, are performing,
0: um, um, inviting them to uh to do the same with us.
1: Okay. Yeah, I was going to ask, how do you, um, how do you learn in your own practice, and reflect on your kind of development as a designer, and maybe also being a manager as a, a part of that.
0: <laughs> Good question. <laughs> so for, for um, so for me and my and my and my business partner, that's almost natural, and that probably has <laughs> to do with the fact that we studied together, and that we had did a lot of courses together, a lot of design courses together, yep. and we were. Sorry to say it this way, we were bitching quite a lot about sort of designing and design thinking and the design process and the sort of the strict methodology that we are being taught in the different design courses and sort of the, 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 the almost romanticized idea of, uh, you know, I'm a designer, uh, I can, you know, my ideas are good, which, which my business partner had more, <clears throat> suffered more from than, than me personally but it led to a lot of interesting discussions between him and me just simply talking about you know the delft approach mm-hmm. and that continued uh, and, uh you know until i mean if, even to, even even today we had a we had a sort of an interesting session uh with a client a full day session and and you know at the end of today we you know we 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 did a recap together uh Comment you know, g- gave feedback to each other uh, how we did, gave each other compliments, gave each other a bit of criticism, but also started to think about the next steps and and in that sort of you know thinking ahead, like okay, how should we approach the the, uh, the next step? So it's 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 more of a sort of natural f- process of of strategizing the project.
1: Having a sounding board, yeah, f- someone that some yeah someone that you trust, yeah, to 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 give you honest feedback, yeah, ab- exactly about, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay, okay, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so one question I had, because you studied at Delft and you're obviously being exposed to a lot of the, the design methods and the, yeah. the a certain way of designing, let's say. Yeah. I, I wondered how that theory and methodology that you've learned relates to your practice now, whether you, whether there are any particular theories or methods that you, that you use, are there any particular theories or, or methods that you use? <laughs> thought about this question, <laughs> uh, as in you, you,
0: you, you probably asked me a question like this. I, yes and no. Um, I mean, what, what I've, I think I was working for three or four years, so this was 2008, 2009, when I was involved in, um uh, working for a library in, in Delft, uh, being at some kind of fancy-pancy meeting with all kinds of d- d- important library people and people from the outside. And somebody asked me, who are you and, and where are you from? And after hearing me sort of taking the word or taking a little bit of initiative in a sort of a uh, breakout group during a large workshop, at the end of that workshop, he approached me, he said... Uh, where did you study? said with industrial design engineering. Oh, another one. And I was sort of surprised by that remark. And, and at the end of the day, we, we started talking together. And um, he explained to me that that in his um, I mean he, he he worked for about 10-15 years at that point in time, and he said, I I've I've been working with uh, with, with a variety of people with varied backgrounds. But for some reason you were able to uh, all, he was always he was always able to pick out the industrial design engineers I, I don't know if that accounts for everyone i hope for god i hope not but I, I, <laughs> it, it was interesting in the sense that apparently we 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 have a certain approach a certain approach to to design which is very structured which is very systematic which is very m- method driven mm-hmm. but at the same time what i what what i experienced is that at some point, you reach a level where you're sort of letting go of the, of the methods, the
1: recipes per se. It's more like a scaffolding that's constructed around you. And at a certain point, you push away the scaffolding and then you, you become a bit more yourself. Yeah, but with, with 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 the with the scaffolding that's built you, if that makes any sense, that makes yeah,
0: yeah, exactly, and and you sometimes make use of some of the methods that you have being that that you've learned, and you apply them, uh, you know, uh, even uh, rule by rule or point by point, or sometimes you're sort of improvising and sort of more going according to the uh, the. Th- theory or approach behind the method. The funny thing is, is that if, if I look back at the type of projects that really stand out for me in the past 10, 10 15 years, you know, all the projects have a sort of user research stage, a con, a, an ideation conceptualization stage, a stage where you want to go back to your user stakeholders with prototypes, early sketches, Maybe you want to iterate evenly, you know, going back multiple times. So then you have to make a distinction between the different types of prototype tests that you're that you're sort of executing. Um, maybe you know you, you also have different iterations of your design. So you see your design grow from maybe sketch design to maybe detailed design to to whatever label you put on it. But you know, here's the interesting thing. I mean, when when I studied. You notice I was sort of quite interested also in design thinking, design theory, design methodology generally. You know, if you, uh, I can remember having having uh, having a sort of a fellow graduation student back in early two thousand is who who just compared over one hundred and twenty or one hundred thirty different design or de- descriptions of a design process, sort of design models. And and if you do, you know, I mean, if it, just if you if you just do it for yourself, just take a couple of design models, design descriptions of the design process that are out there you can kind of see you know if you zoom out you know another very important ability they're all quite similar they all go through sort of a increasing level of detail you know the the actual design that you're producing you know the the deliverable
1: a follow-up question then is what what kind of ability do you think designing is what are the core capabilities that designers have and and how do you communicate designing to your clients or, or, or non-designers, people that haven't studied design? Uh,
0: difficult. Difficult question. <laughs> I think that's a really difficult question. You know, the thing is that with most clients that, that hire you kind of have an idea of what design is uh, and, what, and what design thinking is or your approach to design is or what user-centered design is, but they simply want to... You know, experience. But that, that, but that, that if, if Even with people that have no clue what design is, I try to tell, I try to explain to them. You know, it's, 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 it's sort of managing the process, <laughs> and that sounds really boring. <laughs> uh, speaking to uh, design students, but in the end, you know, it doesn't actually matter anymore what type of project you're working on, or what type of product you're working on, or what type of system, or what client you're working for. But how do you manage that thinking process from, you know, gaining a first understanding, drawing insights from studying sort of the user, the the, uh, the stakeholder context, whatever. How do you manage using those insights to sort of kick off ideation, you know, sometimes in a very opportunistic way, sort of just take one sentence that or one remark from one of the people that you studied where you think, oh, that's it. That's what we need to focus on. And then completely go crazy in ideation just on that single thing. But having a sort of a very structured and systematic approach in in actual ideation and conceptualization, explicitly looking for validation, sort of testing, Um, testing with your client, testing with the user, testing with the stakeholders, testing with many people involved. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so managing that entire process and that entire thinking process, but also being able to sort of explain very well what you're doing, and why you're doing it. Can I give a small example? So here, I don't know, about four or five years ago, I was in a pitch for doing a, 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 a so they 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 were looking for a design researcher, helping to make sense through you know interviewing users and. In the end, the Deliverable was come up with a couple of customer journeys and help us identify where we can improve our service. And during the pitch, the responsible manager asked me, can you give me a definition of what design research is? And I think I told them, you know, for me, design research is similar to design thinking. You know, it's about doing in a very systematic and structured way, studying sort of the the, the context you're interested in in order to draw insight that, that that fuel the creative process in a very opportunistic way. Uh, yeah, and he looked at me and he was like, wow, that's probably one of the best definitions that I've ever heard. Okay, <laughs> you got it. <laughs> well, but, I mean, this um, now I'm over-romanticizing, sort of winning that pitch. But anyways...
1: So it, it, it's being disciplined in order to open up chance opportunity or insight or... or, or... Yeah,
0: exactly. But it, it's, I mean, it's it's applying a systemacy and a structured... And structure in your in your approach to to, to learning you studying the user context identifying opportunities but it's also being opportunistic in what do you decide as to what is going to fuel my my creative process because in in the end in the end you're you're only serving a client you're only of value to a client if you come up with a good solution that fits his Problem, sort of say.
1: I think that's interesting because a lot of the systematic approaches to designing open up opportunities that you that, that you have to work yeah. to get to. So it could, it often feels like it should be a an inspirational process. You get inspiration, then you work out what the inspiration is. But really, it's sort of putting in the yeah. work and, uh, to know that at some point you'll get inspiration just through the sheer amount of information that you generate or you know the disciplined approaches that you take yeah. so it's a, it's 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 a little bit the other way around that insight comes after hard work
0: yeah and and in a way sort of being confronted with a lot of methods and methodologies and approaches in 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 your studies kind of gave you the structure in your systematic approach structured approach to it but it takes a bit of experience to actually break free from it again and to apply it i wouldn't say randomly but more improvised more in a playful way a, a, a word that i have a love and hate relationship with is exploration you know we 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 love to talk about uh, yeah we're exploring you know solution spaces in 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 design you know touching upon different ideas idea directions exploring things but at the same time it's a it's it's a very interesting approach that you that that for me at least also is reflected in some of the, you know, more interesting theories of 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 DTM, for example. You know, uh, uh, conjecture analysis, uh, coevolution of 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 problem and solution. Uh, you know, reflective practice is is part of that. It's also about finding a subtle balance between sort of playfulness, yet, yeah, you mentioned it as well. Sort of discipline, sort of structure, systemacy, and knowing how to articulate it, knowing how to verbalize it, knowing how to explain it, knowing how to explain uh, you know, what you're doing, not only for yourself, but also for the people that you work with in your team. So you can be effective and efficient as a team, but also explaining it to sort of the organizational context that you're working in, your client, the people within the company of the client.
1: So uh, I, I think that's a, a good place to wrap up. But um, I wondered if you have one particular tip for students, one, one maybe perhaps surprising thing that you would encourage students to do or to think about.
0: <laughs>
1: Try to build as, as, as,
0: as, as, as much of experience as you can. I have, been, I have had years where I've been so extremely busy working six, seven days per week, which I, I was probably not so nice for the, the, the ones around me but you know gaining that sort of broad experience different projects so so you know, be open be inquisitive uh, but really force yourself to explain it to people that don't know about design you know the, your ability to articulate what you do only contributes to your to your level of reflection and therefore your growth as yeah and therefore your development and therefore your growth as a designer sort of
1: well, I'd like to end it there. And thanks very much, Walter, for a really interesting conversation. It's interesting to hear about your kind of career as a, um, a professional designer. Obviously, we met each other back in uh, 2000, I think. So we've known each other for quite a long time, but uh, I, di- I didn't know so much about what, what you did. So yeah, thank you very much. And it's, it's nice to have you on the DTM podcast. Well, it's been my pleasure.
0: I'll, I'll, I'll let you know what, I'll, what I want to become when I grow
1: up.